This is Artifications. I am Roland Ramos. What goes through your mind when you think of Las Vegas? Is it good luck? You know, strippers and, you know, casino workers and dealers. I mean, you can let loose here. Las Vegas, a city built to distract the working class and replace their focus with every conceivable form of entertainment, served up in bright, heaping portions. This summation is not unlike its humble beginnings as a community. Let's look past all the glitz, glamour, and noise to a time that predates any semblance of the city we know today. In fact, it's important to note that there would hardly be even a chicken shack if it weren't for the existence of the Las Vegas Springs. The Las Vegas Springs have provided a reliable source of water for over 5,000 years, allowing for an array of flora to flourish in the middle of the Mojave Desert. It was this trove of vegetation which inspired an errant scout in search of water in 1829 to name the area Las Vegas, Spanish for the Meadows, as it was the best place to resupply before heading out into California territory. Soon after, the first settlers arrived and created farming communities. The spring that serviced these settlers has since dried up, but they can still be seen at a short distance from downtown at the Las Vegas Springs Preserve. In 1846, on his way to map part of the Oregon Trail, John Charles Fremont came through Las Vegas. It was this storied character who lent his name to the famous Fremont Street, home to the first number of casinos. Shortly after the end of the Mexican-American War, Las Vegas and the surrounding areas were annexed to the United States. It was on May 15, 1905, Las Vegas Rancho was henceforth known simply as Las Vegas. There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there. They're all living the devil may care. And I am just a devil with love or spare. So viva Las Vegas! A mere eight months after President Herbert Hoover took office, the stock market crashed in historic fashion. Hoover, a proponent of large-scale publicly funded projects, was about to break ground on a public works project that would inevitably shape the future of Las Vegas. The construction of what we know today as the Hoover Dam. Located just 30 miles southeast of Las Vegas, on the Colorado River at Black Canyon, throngs of unemployed men from around the country descended upon Las Vegas and its environs in the hopes of landing one of the many lucrative job contracts to work on the dam. In a short time, the population in and around Las Vegas swelled from 5,000 to over 25,000. In order to capitalize on the recent influx, the Paradise Club was opened in Las Vegas in 1931, ushering in a wave of construction with the sole purpose of entertaining and accommodating the whims of these newly arrived patrons. And with that, the Strip was born. (laughs) 
How can I best describe the strip? Well, you never know what kind of characters you're going to meet. It could be a group of topless nuns, or a wedding party full of Elvis Presley lookalikes. Bottom line, it's irreverent fun. The official strip is four miles long and hosts 42 distinct casinos, running from the water tower-esque stratosphere to the legendary Mandalay Bay. Why is it important to know what the strip is? To many people all over the world, this is the only part of Las Vegas they will ever see. Today, there are approximately 2 million people living in the Las Vegas metropolitan area, enrolling in school, going to the bank, shopping at their favorite grocery store, all without ever needing to set foot on the strip. Las Vegas is the only place I know where money really talks. It says goodbye. Frank Sinatra. I landed in Vegas. And after checking into a hotel casino that smelled strongly of cigarettes and broken dreams, I made my way to the local dispensary, asked a smartly dressed young man where to find the art in town, and wouldn't you know it, he knew exactly where to send me. Okay, my name is Robin Slonina, S-L-O-N-I-N-A, and I am the owner and creative director of Skin City Body Painting here in Las Vegas, and I'm also a producer and a judge on the TV show Skin Wars. You are in Downtown Spaces, which is a curated tenant building dedicated to the arts. There is one arts district, and you are in it. <laughs> Um, it is uh, called the Las Vegas Arts District. Uh, some people call it the 18B as well. And it uh, has the main intersection of Charleston and Main Street. And that is the home of the Arts Factory, which is another huge uh, arts collective building that's been around for, gosh, maybe over 30 years, I think. Um, and then there's also some other you know, major buildings and players in the art scene. There's the Funk House that was owned by Cindy Funkhauser for a long time, and she was the one that actually started the first Friday festival here, which has been going for a very long time. So every single... I just want to take this opportunity to apologize and explain these sounds. What you are hearing is the raw sound of art being created. The sounds of imagination come to life. Anyone who's familiar with the electric rush of preparing for a show knows what we're talking about. We seek out these environments. And sometimes we may hear the errant hammer strike or the sound of dripping water. And that's all part of the scene. So, Robin, let me ask you, is there an art scene in Las Vegas? There is one, and we are small but mighty. Uh, there is a very close-knit arts community here, and mostly concentrated around the arts district in the Charleston Main Street area. There's also a big arts movement in the Fremont East area, where we have lots of gorgeous outdoor murals and you know, great little boutique bars and restaurants down there. There's more than meets the eye here in Vegas if you take the time to wander off the strip. We are Skin City Body Painting, and we've been around for over a decade here in Vegas. 
We are a community art space as well as a body painting studio and we have a beautiful lobby gallery that we show emerging artists here in Las Vegas. And tonight we have a fundraiser and an art show by local conceptual artist Nikki Watts. Though the venue itself was only a half mile from the tip of the strip, it truly stood a world apart. The neon lights of Blinky Town were replaced by the headlights of oncoming traffic. A normal city center. Arriving in the back of a parking area, I stepped into the cold rain of the Mojave Desert to view an awesome mural greeting the newly arrived. The venue was abuzz in full setup mode. Everyone present was helpful. A small musical spot was set up on the left, and there was plenty of cucumber water and challah bread. It was a fundraiser after all. I wandered into adjoining galleries and met interesting artists at work in their studios. Everyone appreciated their community. It was in this moment I too felt compelled to assist. All the while, standing atop a chair, tying streams of red yarn to a large rain stick fixed high along the far gallery wall was the artist Nikki Watts. N-I-C-K-Y-W-A-T-T-S. Well, I am a conceptual artist, and so uh, all of my work, it's, it's the subject matter and the concepts that I'm exploring and the process of doing that, having that experience, that is the, really the, the, um, the important part of my work, and the actual objects that come out are the result. So I tell people if they're planning on being in Las Vegas as an artist, like, Make sure you're utilizing the international assets of Las Vegas. Don't try and make all of your money and depend solely on the Las Vegas community because the local community cannot sustain an art career. But if you actually um, make sure that you're expanding what you're doing, um, making the investment, the financial investment and the time investment to make sure you're getting out of the Las Vegas scene and then continuously bringing that back so if you leave, just keep coming back. Um, keep telling people you're a Las Vegas artist and, and you don't miss anything, you just add to it. So the more people who, who do that, the, the better Las Vegas is gonna be overall. And that's how I deal with Las Vegas. <laughs> so this event tonight is my website launch party. And um, so I'll be performing a piece uh, and then also, the, uh, there's another conceptual artist who she'll be performing a piece, Jules Jameson. My website is www.nikkiwatts.com. That's N-I-C-K-Y-W-A-T-T-S.com. The rest of the night was quite poignant. Nikki Watts weaved yards of yarn to live music as part of her movement-based sculptural piece. The immersive environment created by Jules Jameson served as a contemplative counterpoint to her colleagues' works by inviting patrons to meditate, as she would lovingly wrap them in large, white fabric sheets. The next afternoon, I visited with local artist Christina Paulos in her studio. Christina has no H. Because I'm not British. Which was in the building directly in front of last night's venue. We planned to head over to the Arts District, where she was going to introduce me to some of the artist-run studios and galleries. Oh, we support each other as artists, so we just kind of are trading our art at that point, because it's like, you buy my work, I buy your work. But I mean, opportunities for artists? I'm just exhausted. Like, I can show all I want in a gallery, maybe it'll sell. But as an artist, I, can, I, have a, I have a day job. I can't support myself. I went to CalArts. I have, like, many, many student loans and a fancy degree that's a piece of paper that's not going to promise me 
financial gain from that. Like, I can go ramble on. I don't know what your question was, but I tend to ramble, so you... It's no problem. Oh, but basically... Dodging puddles and traffic, we headed over to 18B, the Las Vegas Arts District. Dashing from awning to awning, we crossed plazas and intersections to arrive at an unassuming building. This is the this is called um, the Arts Factory, and it's housed artists and, and galleries of all sorts for decades. Started out as a as a crematorium in the 40s, and every nook and cranny when they first um, became uh, the Arts Factory, even under stairwells, people would hang their art. They rent that little space and hang their art, and it's it's continued on as kind of the heart of the Arts District ever since. My name is Lynn Adamson Adrian, and I own this gallery with my partner, Kat Tatz. Um, we're at First in Charleston, uh, which is near the Smith Center, not that far from Fremont Street, which is the true downtown, the original downtown of Las Vegas. Um, I zip-lined down that yesterday. Did you? Yeah, That's crazy. Uh, when I moved here, there was none of that nonsense. We could actually drive up Fremont Street and park in front of JCPenney, but that's all gone now. Now it's a mall. When we have the First Friday Art Walk, 10,000 people will be down here packed in. You, wouldn't be able, you won't be able to even speak to the person on the other side of the gallery because there'll be so many people inside every gallery, upstairs and downstairs. Um, we do a preview Thursday, the night before, which actually is a better night for sales because there's no street party, you know, there's mm. no food trucks, no bands. It is an art scene. Um, it's, you can't really compare it to New York or LA yet, but it's definitely growing as an art scene. So, and it was a small town. It was 100,000 people, if that, when I moved here, um, where we're, what, a million and a half now. It's changed. <laughs> Um, not just in size, uh, but the art community has really come together. They've, they've organized themselves. They don't realize that Las Vegas is a, a large city. I, I rarely get involved in, in the, uh, the, that industry. I, mean, I go to the bank and the grocery store in my neighborhood and you know, go to the theater and I, go, I see movies. You know, I mean, there's a, it's a whole, a whole lifestyle you don't, that doesn't even touch us. It's done a huge service to the neighborhoods in this area, which used to be homeless, a lot of stealing, a lot of drug action, you know, things that people think about, Las Vegas, Sin City. This was all that, very, very scary. The city is improving the 18B Arts District they have, it's called Project Neon. It goes out into the future probably another five to ten years. They're planting trees on our streets and they're, uh, they're, we have better uh, police patrol. And Fremont Street's another example how that area has been cleaned up. Mainly because of uh, art galleries moving in and the, the, the people that, you know, want that to happen. You know, there's an 18B group that is very, very uh, concerned about making sure that visitors that want to come walk through the Arts District feel safe. Gentrification is a really scary word because many of our artists are upset about the gentrification because, you know, they're worried about being able to afford a gallery, you know, because um, it drives up our rent. One of the huge concerns on public media, you know, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, was the gentrification 
of the arts district. So they didn't want everything polished and shiny. And it's, I think they're, 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 they're cutting back on tearing things down and maybe just enhancing the area around it and making it more safe. I mean, nobody's gonna tear this building down. Well, I shouldn't say that, knock on wood. And why would they? It truly is an art, Warren. Two or more floors chock-a-buck with art galleries. Throughout my wanderings, a few people encouraged me to meet and speak with one particular person. So I made my way up the stairs to the second floor and met with... My name's Chris Frausto, C-H-R-I-S, and Frausto is F-R-A-U-S-T-O, it's German, and I'm a gallerist. And my involvement in the arts community downtown is I am chair of the Government Liaison Committee for the Arts District. And so I'm super preservationist, and that's why I like it down here. Uh, The reason that I have this gallery is for outreach. I seek artists, hopefully, that no one has heard of. Almost everybody that walks through the door, I ask them if they're an artist. And I would say 90% are very shy and under their breath say, yes, I'm an artist. So I try to drag it out of them and I try to get images of their work. And then I tell them I'll represent them in the gallery. And so, for example, in the um, month of March, I have a young man from the Las Vegas High School, Art High School. He has a senior project. So I'm renting my gallery to him for one week for a senior project. It's more about promoting other people's artwork than it is about making money. It's about introducing this outside person to the art world, and I try to teach them about what curating is about, what being a gallerist is about. I may get artwork that's not done in the traditional way as far as a gallery wrap or even mechanisms to hang it, Uh, pricing, Um, how to write their bio, um, even should they title their work. So that's that's my business model, and and I I know it's not traditional because it really doesn't have much to do with making money. I rent my wall spaces, and if I have all 22 of my walls rented, then I I make my rent, whether I make a sale or not. We have quality artists now. We have some quality work. We don't just have a lot of uh, young people horsing around. And also the community, the outlying community, has embraced it more. Um, Also, there has been some changeover in ownership, and that's made a big difference. We have uh, a developer that bought this building a year ago, and he also bought several other buildings. So he's adding more polish to it. So it it is improved by probably close to 100%, I'd say. What do I think people said to you when they knew you were coming to Vegas? That it's probably not a serious art scene. That all the artworks are going to be about showgirls or gambling or female bodies. Mostly pushing the envelope on thematic imagery on the artwork. That's what I'm guessing people are thinking of here. Some normal people live here. Some people don't gamble. Some people are not into clubbing, spending $18 for a drink. So there is a working population here. But 
I think we're all gravitating to this area because it is an area of taking risks. You can be anything that you want to be. You can do anything that you want to do. So it does attract a certain type of a person, which is exactly what I want. Making my way out of the interview, I was drawn to a highly organized space with black walls and lipstick red accents. I entered the space and looked out the window and what I see but a, a 10-foot sculpture of a paintbrush across the street. It was standing almost straight up and in such a way that every car and pedestrian passing it on the street would have to acknowledge its presence. I went on to introduce myself to... Yeah, it's Mandy Joy. Um, I am a co-owner of this gallery, Obsidian Fine Art. So Steve Anthony and I are both artists here. We both run the business, you know, during our regular business hours, sell to customers. Um, we usually paint while we're here. Um, I also do quite a bit of our marketing. And Las Vegas is a great place for expressing yourself. I mean, you can let loose here. Anything goes, right? That's, that's the name of the game of this city. That's the point of it. So if you talk to people and they're thinking in particular of one kind of art, maybe they haven't seen enough fine art to know that that exists here but I mean even on the strip there's fine art galleries where the work of Picasso is exhibited and any of the greats you know um you can come out here where people are actually alive and making art in their own community right here and selling it and that's a different scene from what most people picture as Vegas because they're picturing just the strip which is one street in Vegas you know however on the strip there's so much art that I don't know how you could even overlook that I mean, there's performing art all over the place. All these scenes have to be made for every production that they have. Who's doing that? Artists. Art is everywhere in Vegas. I think, you know, all that razzle-dazzle is a little confusing, blinding, you know, sometimes. So if you're looking for the quieter, homemade art scene, things like that, you're going to have to look a little harder than just a tourist on the strip. But it's here. We're, we're trying to together market ourselves and make a name for ourselves and first friday is a huge part of that especially because it's a national movement too then you know when you're when you're promoting your gallery show that month you can tag first friday on instagram and then it's not just people who have heard of first friday in your area who are seeing it it's people everywhere and that gets word out in one small way you know but for this kind of artist collective people who are making their living as an artist their own way not working for company they don't have a lot of money for marketing often you know advertising can be tough we get help from the news we get help from the papers um, I have different news connections that I hit up every month and they put what's going on here in this gallery into their listings so there's absolutely help it does take a little while to figure out where I asked about the special designation of 18b as the Las Vegas Arts District and bought her attention to the large sculpture outside of the window Sometimes I think they drive right past it and have no idea. There are absolutely things that would clue you in if you have any idea what to look at. Um, that's a paintbrush right there. That big sign over on the corner, it lights up at night. It's a huge-ass paintbrush. Then there's signs that say Arts District. That's a little bit closer to the Fremont area, which is a point that some people get upset about. They want right here to be where all the signs are. I think art happens in lots of places in Las Vegas. I would like to see more signs that are right here. Absolutely. Art is where, wherever it is, wherever you make it, wherever you put it. No one can predict anything anymore. 
We had an appointment we had to keep back at the artist studio of Christina Palos. And back we went, taking shortcuts through courtyards and structures. One of these was an unassuming structure, which opened to a welcoming mall-like collection of art-focused businesses, including a theater. Wow, this place is cool, I thought to myself. I have to take a note for later. As we returned to the studio, I had the pleasure of sitting with a gentleman who knows a little something about the 18B Arts District and asked him what he might know about that building we went through, known as Art Square. Art Square was a vision of Brett Sperry to provide a theater, to provide gallery space, a meeting space in a bar. Um, it, it was really a great vision, um, but it has been purchased by an out-of-town person now. I am Mark Abelman. My role in the art community is probably, well, one is of the Art Commission now. I used to serve as the president of the 18B Arts District. And also, I'm in many other things downtown. So as we grow and develop, and our commerce is really based on money, that art component and that culture and that sense of quality of life is really important to it. So that's, that's part of my role, I guess I would say, that, that I want to move that quality of life sense of place, pride of city, through the emotional connection to the community and through the arts. I think it's always had an incredible culture to it. And so while it's perceived as a casino and a town, I think that the entertainment industry has always been firmly rooted in the arts. That being said, I think that <clears throat> that uh, that's always been there, but it's, it's just now revitalizing itself in certain pockets that really need to be woven through the city in a uh, perhaps more cohesive way. And I do feel that um, there's a lot of great artists here. And I, and, I, and I feel that the nature of the city has always been transient, so they come and they go. I hope at some point the city itself embraces the need for keeping these artists here and buying their art so that they feel there's a value in staying here, not needing to go to New York or LA or somewhere else. And so. But to your point, if you look at any of the art scenes, they were always the downtrodden land, the cheap land. It'd be the perfect breeding ground for artists in that sense, that the, the price of rent is cheap here. So therefore, it's exactly what artists might look for in finding cheap places to go. The problem and the disconnect is there's not enough buyers of art here. The buyers that really want art will go to the New Yorks, the, the, the LAs, or Chicago's, wherever they want to go, as opposed to seeing us as their go-to place. <laughs> but it, I love the thing. I love thinking about it. I'll be honest with you, because um, <clears throat> there are investors in property that follow artists around, and so therefore, it's like, what will happen next here? As you have low property values, if you're a wise landowner, you'd bring them in some capacity, <laughs> let them boost up the property, and then go from there. I asked Mark if there was a repository of all things art-related to connect visitors to the goings-on of the greater Las Vegas arts community. And that's the million-dollar question is how do you weave them together? Does the city play an integral role in that? Does the state? Who plays that integral role? Or does the arts, this arts district that we have here that's been established by the city play a role in providing information so on any given night you can go to a, uh, I hate to say it, but a website and go, oh, look, the Donna Beam is having this incredible event. Oh, the Winchester, like, how do we weave it all together? So I don't really have an answer to that question, but there's an opportunity there. That is the opportunity for somebody to step in and, and take that role.
we are going to step in and acknowledge our own sponsors. I love working with Web Tigress. I mean, I thought I knew it all. That is, until I had a conversation with her, and she broke it down into three main parts I won't ever forget. Website design, social media management, and most importantly, content. As a social media Luddite, it's the Tigress approach that helps us and many others communicate effectively with our social media public. I particularly enjoy the ease of communication while discussing such topics as developing your personal brand reach. You can get a great deal just for being a listener of this podcast by visiting webtigress.com slash artifications. Webtigress, your first and last stop for successful web strategies. Hatred is not what Las Vegas is about. We will have zero tolerance for anyone who is intolerant. Oscar Goodman, Mayor of Las Vegas, 1999 through 2011. We come back to join Mark Abelman and myself in the studio of Las Vegas-based artist Christina Paulos. We're just getting to the part of the conversation where we are discussing what is going on that exact evening. And it seems Mark is the man with the plan. That was my night. That's why I didn't go to the Nikki show. Anyways. Uh, and what's going on tonight in town? Uh, well, so I got a So, Lance Smith has something going on at the Winchester Cultural Center. Oh, okay. So that's one thing. Another thing is, uh, I think it, it's black and white. Artists that deal with black and white at the Donna Beam. And oh, so, it's uh, UNLV. Yeah, UNLV. Yeah. We made our way over to the Donna Beam Gallery in the heart of the UNLV campus and spied the myriad of black and white pieces expertly hung on both floors of the space. As the crowd moved towards the gallery exit, I was so thankful to have a few moments with the director of UNLV Galleries to hear his view on Las Vegas as an art scene. I'm Jerry Shefsik, and I am director of galleries at University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Been doing that for a few years. So I've seen a lot of artists come through here who a number of them have stayed here in Las Vegas and continue to make their art. Some of them go on to bigger and better things, I guess you could say, um, but then some come back and like Las Vegas. This the gallery is, well, first off, it's part of the university and uh, part of the art department of the university. and. The gallery is supportive of classroom instruction. Uh, it's heavily into studio instruction, studio classes, and training artists. They all, not all, but a good number of them show in this gallery. And then, like, as I was saying, a lot of them stay here in Las Vegas and continue to, to make their art, to have an influence. So it's more of a supportive role, I guess, uh, in giving artists uh, a venue. I mean, that's part of the program, too, is that they have a place to show and giving them opportunity. Well, part of the nature of Las Vegas, I mean, it's not a, you wouldn't call it a burgeoning art scene here. Um, it's, it's underground for, in the minds of a lot of people. But once you, if you express an interest, you make the effort to go and find the galleries to meet artists, then you see that it's pretty strong art scene here. It's the one thing that we do lack 
are commercial galleries, quality commercial galleries that will handle the artists, that the work of the artists that live here. Um, but then why aren't there commercial galleries? Then you look at the population of Las Vegas and just the nature of the city. Uh, it's a service-oriented city, heavy into tourism and gambling, and that's that's the basis of it. And so um, there might not be as much interest for those people who, well, for, the, for, for, for people in that industry, to have as much interest in art as you might find in other cities. And you just have to look at the, the demographics. It gives you a, some ideas as to why, why things are the way they are. But the artists that, that are here and working and living, they're a dedicated bunch and very interested in what they're doing. They're, they're I want to say craft, but it's more than a craft. You know, their, their identity is an artist and uh, what they want to do, and, and they're determined to make their art, no matter what. And it speaks highly of them and what they're what they're doing. I mean, there's a strong community of artists like that, and they get to know each other and they support each other. And this event we were here that was here tonight, because of the weather, we didn't get a lot of people. But um, some of the artists that are in this show were here. You can see that they knew everybody. Uh, other artists and then have good conversations and are interested in, in what each other is doing and supportive. So it's, like I say, it's, just, it's a good community of artists. strip is four miles long. As Mandy Joyce so aptly stated, the construction of these thematic buildings and the accoutrement required the dedication of an army of artists. Each day, thousands of people land and leave through the Las Vegas airport. While we have a fairly good idea that a large percentage of these people were heading towards the strip, I wonder how many of them knew that they were paying homage and actively participating in the world's largest Art installation. Incredible art installation. I mean, this is pop art installation that you can't find anywhere else in the world. Look at this, the, the strip in downtown Las Vegas. I mean, these hotels and how they are, the architecture and the interiors of these hotels and the casinos and how they get you in there, but you can't find your way out once you're in, all on purpose. Excess and <laughs> indulgence and the appeal to your basic desires, that's what Las Vegas does. And it's still here, so it's just incredible. It really is. If you come and look at it as such, as an installation, um, just all the components of it and the intricacies of it, how people respond to it um, in coming and going from work. And I don't frequent the Strip, but most people who live here don't, unless they work there. There, There is a... Um, a definite affinity, desire, draw, pull, whatever to that Las Vegas brings people here. I mean, the advertising that you heard a few years back, what happens to Las Vegas days in Las Vegas. I mean, you can come to Las Vegas and be who you want to be or who you, who you can be when you're at home. So, I mean, that's performance art, <laughs> if you would. <laughs> this art installation, or whatever you want to call it, is simply put amazing. Once a pit stop on the way to California, 
Now Vegas is the brightest city seen from space. And just like that, Las Vegas once again leaves an impression upon the world. One last question for Mr. Chefsik. Upon your travels, have you encountered any other cities that remind you of Las Vegas's art scene? Not so much, because there's a diversity with, of artists that live here and work here. You know, in, in New York, there's a certain school that you identify with New York, you know, with Los Angeles, a certain school that you identify, uh, you know, a certain attitude or a school. But with Las Vegas, there's not a, a school that artists are looking like each other or uh, doing things of a similar attitude or similar nature. In, in Las Vegas, there's more of a, a diversity. They're individuals. They're, they're doing what they feel like they need to do and want to do. And, I mean, that's that's what Las Vegas is, I think, is, is more of a diverse art scene than maybe other communities or other cities. It's quite true. Vegas is an international city, and their bounty of diverse artists reflect that. There are a variety of reasons why people choose to stay in this city. It encourages visitors to realize their true selves, to take chances, and to really ask for what they want. Kind of like a big landmark forum. Another way to say it is this. We are the narrative. And Las Vegas opens us and reads us, revealing to us what we truly desire. A huge thank you to everyone who contributed to this episode. Special thanks to Christina Paulos, David Lopez, Jules Jameson, and everyone at UNLV. Congratulations to Eddie and your growing family. Special thanks to Roger and crew for introducing me to one of the most incredible and adrenaline-pumping places on the face of the earth, the Dumont Dunes. Thank you for listening to this episode of Artifications. Visit our website at artifications.us for the episode guide. If you like what you hear, then we encourage your support by visiting us at patreon.com slash artifications, where we provide full interviews and special content accessible only by being a Patreon supporter. This is Roland Ramos. See you next time at Artifications.